It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, Rich, how are you today? And right coming into summer like this, I'm doing great. Glad to be part of the team. Yeah, you know, I I have been thinking over the many many years the importance of life, and then liberty. And then the pursuit of happiness. Those are given to us by God, you see. Those are given to us by God. Life, life, life comes first from the moment of conception. Folks, scientifically, in the Bible, you read it. For goodness sakes, Christ was sent to us um, by the Heavenly Father as an unborn child. And um, so we don't have to debate that. Anything, but life and then liberty. And then liberty is freedom. My word, individual freedom, and then the pursuit of happiness. You know, those are God-given gifts. That doesn't mean you're going to be happy, but you can pursue it. And that's a gift of God, not of government, not of some politician, not of some court. Those are God's gifts, aren't they? That's right. And government is given to protect those rights given by God. Well, now the whole country is is, uh, just really focused on this abortion issue. Because some of the states in the United States of America seemingly are taking it seriously. They seemingly, in the state of Missouri, and uh, I think in, uh, is it in um, Louisiana, and various states. Georgia and Alabama. uh, In Georgia and Alabama, and they're taking it seriously. And And I'll tell you what, folks, the other side is fighting back. Fighting back. Rich, I have never known a pro-life person who really supported life, who uh, who was not a very nice person. And many of them have had abortions themselves. So let's not get confused about that. Many of them have had abortions, and then they realized, and they realized what it really meant. And God forgave them. God forgives each of us. Let's never, never forget that. Now, years and years ago, when Marlon Maddox was alive with the Point of View radio broadcast, Bot Radio Network was one of the first um, stations in the whole United States to carry his broadcast. But Marlon Maddox interviewed this little girl, um, this little girl, Jenna Jessen. Now, she was just a little girl, but she's a survivor. Listen to this, folks. I want this program to allow you to hear from the survivors. We've heard the politician Henry Hyde, and it wasn't that wasn't that powerful. And then we heard the pastor, the Bible preacher um, from um, Houston, Texas. What's his name, Rich? Help me. Oh, uh, Lawrence White. Lawrence White. Oh man, do the people like that? So we've heard from him, Henry Hyde, and then Lawrence White. But there's nothing like hearing from a survivor. That's what makes the Holocaust real, folks. The Holocaust in Germany, you know, a lot of people have been trying to say, oh, it didn't really happen. It didn't really happen. It wasn't, wasn't a big deal anyway, until you hear from the few survivors, and then it makes it real. Here's little Jenna Jessen with Marla Maddox. Tell us a little of your story. Well, I'm adopted, and my biological mother was 17 and seven months pregnant. And she went in and had a saline abortion. And a saline abortion 
I'll just describe real briefly because a lot of people don't know what it is. It's a saline salt solution that's injected into the mother's womb. The baby gulps that solution. It burns the baby inside and out, and she delivers a dead baby within 24 hours. It's exactly what happens. But I came out alive, and I have no burns on my body. And um, I just I believe it was the hand of God that was on me and protected me and kept me alive. Yeah, that's right. That's right, little Gianna Jessen. Just that tiny little girl at that age, at that time with Marla Maddox. Now, here is Gianna Jessen years later as a full-grown woman. I want you folks to pause and hear the whole story, and here she is. So they looked at my dear Penny, and they said, Gianna will never be anything, which is always encouraging. And she decided to ignore them, and she worked with me three times a day, and I began to hold up my head, and they said, well, Gianna will never this and never that. Long story shorter, I was walking by the age of three and a half with a walker and leg braces, and I stand up here today with a mild little limp and without a walker and leg braces. I fall gracefully sometimes and very ungracefully at other times, depending on the situation, but I consider it all for the glory of God. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I am weaker than most of you, but this is my sermon. And what a small price to pay to be able to blaze through the world as I do and offer hope. And I think in our misunderstanding of the way things work, we, we misunderstand how beautiful suffering can be. I don't willingly sign up for it, but when it comes, we forget. We forget that God is in control and God has a way of making the most miserable thing beautiful. I have met my biological mother. I have forgiven my biological mother. I am a Christian. She's a very broken woman. She came to an event I was having two years ago, showed up unannounced and said, hello, I'm your mother. And it was a very difficult day. And yet while I, while I was enduring all of this, you'll probably think I'm silly, but I was sitting there and I was thinking, I don't belong to you. I belong to Christ. I'm his girl, and I'm a princess. So no matter what you say, in all your anger and brokenness and rage, it's not mine to keep. It's not mine to carry, and I won't. I was saying all this inside. So ladies and gentlemen, you have an opportunity but for just a brief moment, I would like to speak directly to the men in this room and do something that is never done. Men, you are made for greatness. You are made to stand up and be men. You are made to defend women and children, not stand by and turn your head when you know murder is occurring and do nothing about it. You are not made to use women and leave us alone. You are made to be kind and great and gracious and strong and stand for something. Because men, listen to me. I am too tired to do your job. Women, 
You are not made for abuse. You are not made to sit and, and not know your worth and your value. You are made to be fought for forever. So now is your moment. What sort of people are you going to be? I trust incredible. I trust men you will, you will rise to the occasion. To the politicians listening, particularly to the men, I would say this, you are made for greatness, set your politics aside. You are made to defend what is right and good. This fiery young girl will stand here and say, now's your moment. What sort of man do you want to be? A man obsessed with your own glory or a man obsessed with the glory of God? It's time to take a stand, Victoria. This is your hour. God will assist you. God will be with you. You have the opportunity to glorify and honor God in 2008. I'll just end with this. Some of you might be slightly annoyed that all I keep doing is talking about God and Jesus. But how on earth can I walk about limping through this world and not give all my heart and mind and soul and strength to the Christ who gave me life? So if you think I'm a fool, it's just another jewel in my crown. My whole intent in living here is to make God smile. I hope some of this made sense. It just came from my heart. God bless and keep you. Um, you know, I think that was, um, she, when she was probably in her 20s, her 20s or middle 20s, somewhere in there. Wasn't that something, Rich? Uh, my whole intent in living here is to make God smile. You see, folks, when you hear from a survivor, of an abortion. Now, Jenna Jessen was a saline abortion, and so when she survived, it was not without injury. It was not without injury, but her life, her life, just like everybody else, is a life for which Christ died, and she has her right to life. Now, here's a story I want you to hear uh, about a twin. Why, of course, twins, you know, um, well, they come in twos, don't they? And uh, and this this woman, of course, she I don't know what her story is. She didn't think she could have them, or maybe someone talked her into getting an abortion. Uh, maybe she had her reasons to say, well, I just can't handle any more, and I can't possibly give them up for adoption. You know, people like that are always thinking of themselves. They're always thinking of themselves, not the other one. Now, listen to this, folks, very carefully, because here... Here's, a, here's a, a woman who didn't know she was carrying twins. She went in to get an abortion, but man alive, that wasn't the end of it. Listen to this. My name is Claire Colwell, and I am an abortion survivor, and that is how I have been affected, which is very rare. I was a twin when I was in the womb, but today uh, I, I'm still a twin. My twin just isn't here. I am here to be able to be a voice and a face for the unborn.
and that is all by God's grace. I will speak in honor of you. At the age of 20, I decided that I was going to make the phone call to my adoption agency and start a search to hopefully meet my birth mother. I received a phone call from her a month later and I visited. I had a card for her and on the card what I wrote was thank you for choosing life for me. That's the greatest gift I've ever received. And as she opened this card, what were very, very happy tears um, began to turn into very sad tears as well. And she grabs my hand and she took me into a back room and she began telling me about her life. What she told me was she grew up in a family where her parents were divorced. Um, she lived with her mother and her mother worked multiple jobs, which left my birth mother making very adult decisions for herself. As she sought outside um, for love, for fulfillment, like many of us do, she found herself pregnant at 13 years old. Her mother said that there was only one thing to do. And that day they um, got in the car they drove to an abortion clinic and my birth mother had a surgical abortion at five months along. After having her surgical abortion that day as she went home to her, I believe, eighth grade life, she was in gym class with her best friend, I believe about four weeks later, and her friend said, have you been back to the doctor? Um, things don't seem right. Uh, maybe you should go get yourself checked out and make sure that nothing else is wrong. And so she had her mom take her back to the same abortionist um, to examine her. And at that moment, she was told the most shocking words she had ever heard in her entire life. You're still pregnant. Your abortion was successful, but you're still pregnant. You were pregnant with twins. One was aborted, but one has survived. And so you're still mothering a child in your womb. She was told that her amniotic fluid, um, which is in the sac and which is what holds the baby together and gives the baby nutrients, had been broken. My birth mother delivered a little baby girl two weeks later, and that was me. When I was born, I weighed three pounds, two ounces. My hips were dislocated and my feet were turned in as club feet. I had to stay in the hospital for two and a half months. I was on life support. When I was released, I had casts on my feet to correct my club feet and I had a harness on my hips to um, hopefully correct my, put my hips back into place. And through the next couple years, I went through multiple casts, um, even body casts, to um, kind of form my body back together 
although it sounds like a horror story and many have said, well, aren't you angry? Uh, all right, aren't you angry? You see, no, she wasn't. She wasn't. She had been given the gift of life. And uh, folks, every one of us are going to die. Every one of us are going to die. But the question is, do we care about others? Do we care about others? Now, Rich, uh, there are some listener comments I want the listeners to hear. Yes, okay. And the first one is a lady from Tulsa. Let's hear it. Hi, this is Barbara from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've been listening to Bot Radio for 30 years, and I can't express with enough emotion to tell you how much it has changed my life. I listen to it all day long, as much as I can get. Thank you, Bot Radio. You've done so much for our country and for the faith of this country. Yeah. I want to thank that lady from Tulsa. Dad, can I give the listener comment line? Oh, please do. That number for our listeners to call and give us your comments about Bot Radio Network and the programming you enjoy is 1-800-345-2621. That's 1-800-345-2621. Yeah. i tell you what, um, I think um, there's a listener from... Um, from Indiana, where is that? Bluffton, Bluffton, Bluffton Indiana. Indiana. My word, um, like those people up there in Indiana, they're Hoosiers, you know. <laughs> Let's hear from that listener. Hi, I'm calling from Bluffton, Indiana, and I just really enjoy your program. And I just listened to Henry Hyde giving his abortion speech. I've heard it several times before, but I never get tired of hearing it because his passion is so great. And I thank you for putting these special speeches on the radio. I appreciate it a lot. I love David Jeremiah and Chuck Swindoll, and so thank you so much for all you do. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you, dear lady, and thank you for calling and letting us know you're out there. Now, you all know about Abby Johnson. Abby Johnson was a really smart and and um, great manager of an abortion clinic in Houston, Texas, I believe it was, and man alive, that abortion clinic was making more money than a lot of the others. And Abby Johnson was on the on the climb in that in her uh, career as an abortion clinic manager for Planned Parenthood, for goodness sakes, until until she saw what it was really like for herself. Got out of the office, and uh, and the talking points that she had been taught to use when the women come in, and then she saw her herself. Listen to this. The day that I witnessed the ultrasound guided abortion. I didn't know that it was going to be a significant day. It seemed like a pretty normal abortion day for us. We had a visiting abortionist come in that day. We were trying him out to see if we wanted to put him on our permanent uh, rotation of physicians. He owns a private practice, him and his wife work at that private practice and he had told me a couple weeks before when I was talking to him that he did a different type of abortion procedure and it was a type where he used ultrasound guidance and it was something I had never seen before. Um, I was actually pretty interested in what he was talking about because he had told me that it was the safest type of abortion procedure for the woman because you're actually able to visualize what is happening in the uterus. My job during the procedure was actually to hold the ultrasound probe on the woman's belly 
during the procedure and that way he would be able to see the ultrasound screen and to actually see the baby on the screen during the abortion. And I remember putting the probe on her belly and looking up at the screen and saw a perfectly formed uh, side profile from head to foot um, of a baby on the screen. They did uh, a crown rump measurement and found that the baby was 13 weeks. Um, I remember one of the first thoughts I had was remembering that that picture on the ultrasound looked just like the picture that we had of my daughter Grace when I was about 12 weeks pregnant with her and thinking that it looked very similar and I, I kind of got a pit in my stomach and I remember thinking, you know, I don't think this is going to be the great learning experience that I was hoping for. He then began the procedure and uh, I saw the cannula, which is uh, the actual straw-like instrument uh, that's hooked up to the suction. I saw that um, go into the woman's uh, uterus, which I thought was interesting. I'd never seen that before. And uh, the cannula actually began to uh, probe the side of the baby and nothing was happening. Women ask a lot of questions when they come in to have an abortion. And one of the questions that they ask probably most often is, will my baby feel this? And the scripted answer that Planned Parenthood gives to that question is, no, the fetus does not have any sensory development until 28 weeks. And so that was the scripted answer that I had given to hundreds and hundreds of women um, over and over again. And so that was the answer that I was replaying in my head over and over again as I was watching this. And as I was thinking about that answer, all of a sudden I, I saw the baby kind of jump. And uh, it, was if, it was as if the baby was moving away from the cannula. It didn't like what it was feeling on its side and it wanted to, to get away from it. And um, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching because I realized that all of that that I had been told was a lie and I couldn't help but think what else was a lie. You know, what else was I believing that, that wasn't true? And I just, I watched in horror. You know, I, I didn't, it was like I didn't want to look at it, but I couldn't stop looking at it. And the, the woman on the table was, was very, you know, she was upset. She was in pain. I wanted to comfort her, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop looking at what was happening on the screen. And uh, the physician asked for the technician to turn on the suction machine, and um, she did. And, you know, with every twist of that cannula, I could see, you know, the baby's body twisting and, and turning. And I just, I, you know, I couldn't believe what I was watching. And, and then within just a few moments, the screen was black and it was over. And I just thought, gosh, you know, that's it. I mean, that, that's choice. That's what I've been fighting for for eight years, you know? And I, I couldn't help but think of, of all of those women that I had lied to, not intentionally. I mean, I didn't mean to lie to them when they asked me, will my baby feel this? But I, I just thought, what if they had known the truth? You know, what if I had known the truth? I mean, if those women had known the truth, would it have made a difference? Because it mattered to them. You know, they asked for a reason, and I had just flat out lied to them. 
And I, I just couldn't, couldn't help but think, what if they had known the truth? What if so many other people in our society actually knew the truth about abortion and what choice is actually doing to these children in the womb? My, 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 um, just as I was listening to that, Rich, I thought the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Folks, if you're going to a church and you don't know how they feel about life, about uh, this subject, well, you know, isn't that a shame? Uh, you should find out. You should, you should be certain how your church feels one way or the other, for goodness sakes. And that doesn't mean the pastor has to speak about it every Sunday or every time he turns around, but your church should have a declaratory position on this. Is it a baby or isn't it? And on and on and on. And uh, Rich, I think we have one more call from a listener in um, in, in Rapid City, South. Where is that? Yeah, Rapid City, South Dakota, one of our very newest radio stations. I'm what calling from Rapid City, South Dakota, and I just wanted to thank you for bringing this quality teaching each week. I'm, I just am glued to the radio during that time and take notes and try to share the information on email when I can. And I'm just such an appreciative listener, and I'm sure that many people that don't call you feel the same way. And please keep it up, and I thank you so much, and God bless you all. Thank you. Yeah, you know, Rich, it was, what was it, 1991, I think, wasn't it, when we, you and I, you and I, as reporters, as news reporters, our job was just to tell the truth. Our job is just to tell the story and then let the listeners decide about all that. But it was in Wichita, Kansas in 1991. I think they called that the Summer of Mercy. And you and I witnessed and we reported what we saw and it changed our life forever, didn't it? That's right. 1-800-345-2621 is the listener comment line. 1-800-345-2621. Thank you for the listeners that call in on the comment line, and thank you also for supporting the Bible teaching ministries that you hear on Bot Radio Network. Absolutely. This is Dick Bot with my son Rich with another chapter of the complete story as a public service, and I'll see you later. 